Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me is my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Good evening or morning, wherever you're listening. Whenever you listen to. And with us on the line is our Florida connection, Phil Jakes. Where are you? Oh, that was a post. And I'm so that was a post. I can't it never gets old. I need somebody and always. Oh, boy. What's going on, guys? Nothing much. How's Phil doing? Love you, Misha. As usual. Good now. What? I said we're good now. Why is that? Was it bad well, before? The car, the car actually runs. Oh. Well, Hello sweet. to our YouTube crowd because you can't hear the opening of our show because it's copyrighted music. So hello to YouTube lands over at youtube.com slash Sid's view. If you're on there, you've already found us. But We should just mute the, the – we should just put a graphic overlay just like that. We'll <laughs> put the sign of the song. Please turn on uh, Blink-182 Miss You. I think we said that last week too. People are going to think it's the same show. Uh, anyway. It's so, always the same show. Nothing ever changes. I think he's right. Anyway, so Phil already had to start up with his uh, personal update, so he might as well just keep going. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we got the car started today. I uh, changed all the valve springs, rebuilt the carburetor, uh, had the transmission gone through, found a bunch of issues in the tranny. Um, hoping that we're going to have a better time this weekend. Uh, going to be practicing Friday night and racing 50 laps with the Wheelman Sportsman Series finally on Saturday night. You can also watch it on speed51.tv. Is that what the exact location is? If you're yeah, speed, speed51.tv. I'll, uh, I'll be posting links to be able to watch it live if you can't be at the track uh, on Saturday night on all my social media. Obviously, it's not free, but you have to be a what's a yearly subscriber or something like that but it's i forget how much yeah it is. just the regular subscription you don't have to it's not a pay-per-view event yeah you still got to pay to be a subscriber but you can still get it if yeah, you're you a don't subscriber. have to double pay this one no you don't have yeah to we're pay. not good enough we don't fall into that that level yeah i think what is it thompson and and, and other tracks and whatnot the the big the, i don't know the bigger events you have to yeah. double pay yeah you gotta pay 51 which drives me crazy yeah it's, it's pay-per-view just confusing part of my it's, arm but anyway anyway so i don't well i do have a little bit of an update i've been uh i've been really poor man racing up until this point in the year because i've been looking at my front brakes and seeing like heat cracks in them and being like uh maybe i can make it another race maybe i can make it another race i got two and a half races out of them and i'm finally throwing in the towel on them so i got new brakes coming uh so other than that i don't really have any other updates but uh uh trying to think of it no i guess i don't have any more because we didn't really race so it didn't really hurt the car at all it's just it basically took it home and put it on jack stands and said okay we'll wait a month that's that's all i got i've got my uh 602 engine seals coming from ebay <laughs> and i uh, got uh the, the 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 cam coming the you know the proper 602 cam coming uh, the the fuely heads that they make for the 602 crate. They're, they're, called, they're called Vortec heads. The Vortec yeah. type heads. Whatever. They just put more did, fuel did in Did you get the stuff. lightweight balancer? 
Yeah, I got the lightweight balancer coming, and then uh, from uh, Uline Industries, I got the little cable seal coming, and then I'm going to send it down to Phil, have you laser engraved that, if you don't mind. That would be yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I can cool. take care of that for right? you. Yeah, that, that's cool. With the proper numbers, and it says Thompson in block lettering. Or Stafford. And, I'll uh, just, or it looks so good enough to me. I'll just match them to the numbers that I have on my crate motor. That way, they're already registered with Stafford. There you go. I'll just write up a phony receipt. and uh, you, you don't know, even we'll, need to do that. You just say, I bought it off this guy. What are they going to do? Go to Florida and get them? Exactly. So, okay. So, that's my update anyway. And there lies the flaw with the U-line seals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why they got the bottle cap seals with the little computer chip in them now. But Anyway, that bag of worms being closed, what are we going to do to begin the show with this week? Oh, I don't really know. <laughs> uh, should I just jump in with both feet as to the DARF comments of the week? segment hey (laughs) let's get the funny over soon let's just jump right in on jump into the funny let's all right get on with the funny all right so i have more funny homer simpson uh i don't have it up on the board so i'm just gonna do be more funny okay so we have actually three darf comment of the week award winners if you're just tuning into the the making laps podcast you know you know just because, you know, hey, what's all the, the fuss about? What is this Making Laps podcast thing? Uh, Brent, would you please explain what a DARF is? DARF is an acronym, actually. It stands for Dumb Ass Race Fan. And uh, if you go on Twitter, Facebook, or any social media platform and just scroll through any of the comments on anything racing-related, you will find them. Trust me, they are everywhere. They're plentiful and never going away. And that's I had the a problem. wonderful argument with one the other night. Mm. Excellent, Phil. What did you have an argument with before we jump into the comment of the week? What was what was the what was your argument on social media? Because those are just I don't know, those just, are fun. Just someone making a comment that the reason street stock uh, car counts are low is because uh, crate motors. That wasn't me making that suggestion, by the way. That was, he wasn't in an argument with me. But no, it was Joey Ferlino. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll call him straight out. Kid's dumbass. <laughs> Joey Ferlino. Why? So okay. Well, what was it about? Uh, it's it's. Why definitely... did he think that it was that the that the street stock car counts are because of crate engines? Uh, I have no idea. He probably... thinks the open motors from junkyard days. Yeah, we. It, here's the thing. Back when Jesse and I started in racing in 1999 ish, yeah, we were running old open motors, but they were not out of a junkyard even back then that was 22 yeah. years ago they weren't i wouldn't mind seeing some okay. junkyard uh 5.3 liter uh ls motors I that is coming that wouldn't that mind is seeing something that. that's happening down here and i've heard it's happening up in maine already see so, that would be cheaper than a crate motor and there's that, so many of them there's a lot of them yeah exactly that would be a good route for like the pure stock divisions or or so I can you know, meet and, I can anything meet, like that. So I can meet Joey halfway with that anyway, to be fair, you know? Yeah, but uh open motors cost more, so it's like, well no, they don't. Yeah, these these ten thousand dollar, like I said there on the on the post, these ten thousand dollar museum pieces that people are buying and putting in their cars, they're more of a problem than a four thousand dollar crate motor. I think they they chased more people away than a crate motor did. Because yep. then you've got people who have to go spend that money to be competitive, and now you don't. So yeah, I mean, look at look at all the tracks that run crates that have good leadership. They don't have a problem with car counts. If you see tracks that have crap officiating and crap leadership, they don't have car counts. It doesn't yeah. really matter. If you have crappy leadership, you're not going to have a car count. 
yeah, no matter it, what. And I think the the comment came back to there's one or two tracks up in the northeast somewhere that have like seven cars in their street stock division. Well, they're probably run really poorly. Yeah, that's that's all it really comes down to. Bad rules, bad bad officiating, poorly run shows, whatever. Right. So anyway, I should probably move on into uh the Darf comments of the week. We have more than one. We have a tie for the win. And we'll then give we, mine an honorable mention. Yeah, and then we had at least two honorable mentions. So I have one and Phil already off, offered his up. Um so the tie for the win goes to the articles I was reading on the next-gen car chassis reveal. I know that they've been putting pictures out of these new next-gen car chassis. And it's robotic production line. Um, apparently, people don't believe that race cars have ever been made on a production line like this before, when in fact, they have. Uh, and the comments from all the DARFs on all the... Uh, you know those false safety reports that they've been putting out. Oh, it killed one of the dummies. It's like, no, that never really happened. No. Uh, and no, they wouldn't put a car out that killed the dummy in a test. No, they wouldn't do that. You guys are idiots if you think that they're going to do that. And the people who are complaining online about their design aspects of the next-gen car, it's like, look, do you not understand how much engineering, uh, I want to say, resources that these people have at their disposal? Like, look at the just look at the computer programs you can have when it comes to engineering. Uh, I forget one of them, but I know there's like SolidWorks and there's another one. And you can, you can literally these programs are so in depth and so just I want to say tremendously amazing pieces of work that you can even stress test things in these programs. I mean, they're obviously not uh, designing and testing solely on a computer program. But they offer a very good baseline for what to expect. And then they take that, put it into production in some form, uh, excuse me, and then they uh, they actually go and crash test it, which is what they've been doing. And again, all the comments about, oh, well, they killed a dummy in testing. No, they didn't. They did not kill a dummy. You're dumb. Don't listen to that. Uh, it's false reports. It's people trying to make something out of nothing. It was a failed sled test, meaning... It didn't actually crash. You know, most no, you <laughs> know that most news media is consumed by people that only read the titles, right? Of course, <laughs> See, that's it's... why a headline yeah. is so important. But so those darfs win an award, and it's tied for this idiot. Uh, I couldn't, I didn't look up his uh, screen name on Twitter, but I got the tweet here, which Phil sent me. So Phil gets credit for this one. Uh, but his username is posted up as MG or MNGA make NASCAR great again, and it was in response to uh, Bob Pockers' article. This is non-political, by the way. I don't care what his name is. Um, he he wrote, and this pertains to the Hendrick penalty. Now let me go into a little bit of background on that. Now this penalty was given to Hendrick Motorsports because uh, they were issued engine allocation infractions at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Now, this is from Yahoo News. Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman's cars were both found in violation of a rule that covers engine assembly. A statement from Hendrick Motorsports released Thursday said the violations were the result of an administrative error that resulted in a sealed engine assigned to Elliott's number 9 Chevrolet being unintentionally allocated to the 48 team. So basically, it was literally a paperwork error, not a performance advantage in any way. 
Would you agree? I'd agree with that. Okay, so basically what they did was they accidentally declared the wrong engines for each team. Oops, we screwed up the number. Okay, that resulted in a $50,000 fine for uh, both the crew chiefs, uh, and they deducted 25 points from each team. Uh, I don't think anybody got suspended out of it. Oh, no, they did. Uh, suspensions to Hendrick Motorsports Executive Vice President and General Manager Jeff Andrews and the organization's Director of Track Engine Support, Scott Maxim. Oh, take that. Don't have a cow. Just he found what, the I, Simpsons board. What's the point of suspending those guys? What are you going to do? <laughs> keep, keep them from going to the racetrack? Because I'm pretty sure they probably don't go on a regular basis anyway. I, honestly, I have no idea what that what the point is there. But this guy... Okay, make NASCAR great again, said uh, they should suspend the whole team and not allow them to run for the playoffs this year. Either that or pay $100 million in fines that gets distributed to the other teams to improve their equipment. Okay, so <laughs> sounds like communism to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny how you make, you make NASCAR great again, MAGA, but at the same point, you want a governing body to have so much control. That doesn't make sense to me. Why would you want more government? Why would you? Dis- That's retarded. This guy literally says, "Okay, you should make sure that this team doesn't run the playoffs and is suspended forever, and we're going to fine them so much that they basically shut the team make down." Make NASCAR great again. Consume all the resources because of a clerical. Take error. control of the supply of production. <laughs> literally, Where's my Russian meme. They, Where the hell is it? They literally wrote the wrong number on a piece of paper, and he wants them to essentially destroy the team. There it is. Thank you. The, the best part about his math on that, the $100 million and distribute it to the other teams, <laughs> is prob- it's probably only about a, an eighth of the budget of most of those teams for a year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah if you distribute lot. them, if you distribute them equally, that's only a little bit. Through so Phil's right. Is two point five million dollars per team. Yeah, that's barely an Xfinity. That's, that's not going to get you very far in the Cup Series. That's barely an Xfinity. Budget. It'd be a good yeah. chunk of change, though. Uh, and see, th- that's perfect. Yeah, communism. well, yeah, but I think Dale Jr. said at God, one point man. it's like four to six million dollars just around a single Xfinity team for the year. Yeah, at a competitive level. Yeah, I, I don't doubt so, that. I'm figuring the cup guys are probably fourteen to fifteen million dollars for the year. Two point yeah. five for the small teams might help them a little bit, but the the, the big teams are just going to laugh at it. So Brent, how much uh, traffic did that guy get as far as views, likes, reposts, whatever? Uh, at the time I took the screen cap, it was only five likes and five See, comments. Well, that's I, a, mean, it, I mean, you're just an idiot that everyone ignores them anyway. You have another Darf comment. I have a so that was probably the dumbest comment I've ever read in a NASCAR thread. This there you was, go. Now we've given you more attention than you deserve. And I didn't even give him his screen name. You know what I mean? Like his actual at address. I never. I didn't even give that out. I was looking. Yeah. I didn't even look for it. I'm like, this guy's so dumb. I don't even want. This is so stupid that I had to question whether it was actually satire. But I can't give that to people, so I just said it was. <laughs> right. I just said it's yeah. stupid. Is this stupid or is this satire? I can't even tell. It's so bad. Both. It's that bad. Like, okay. And the worst part is the guy has a Boston Bruins logo as his avatar, and it's like, damn it. I hate you again even more because you're ruining our name. If anybody can't tell, I'm a Bruins fan. So, all right, moving on. 
I have a uh, I have an honorable mention, and it goes out to all the fans who comment on anything that deals with Bowman Gray Stadium. Congratulations, you've all won Darf comments of the week. <laughs> um, because I read a bunch of comments because there was an on-track incident, and I think uh, oh, I forget. I think it was Justin Mincy who posted it. He deals with like Race22.com or something. They go to the stadium all the time. But there was one of their guys uh, filming interviews with two, I think, late yep. model guys. And they were talking about their their incidents on track, and all the people commenting on it basically were saying, to the to the effect of, uh, race cars are meant to be crashed. That's basic. That's the basic gist of what I got from listening and reading those articles. I'm like, you are the dumbest people. And let's be fair, uh, Bowman Gray Stadium, legendary track, you know, very famous, very popular, terrible racing. I'm sorry, but your racetrack is kind of. I wouldn't race. <laughs> I wouldn't race there. I just don't consider it good racing. I mean, I know that's sacrilege to some people, but it's like it's more of a circus than anything else, and I don't feel like tearing my equipment up. So, so yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of advertised as a circus too. Mm-hmm. It is uh, the madhouse. Come here and watch people go freaking nuts and throw. Um, they advertised the inmates run into the asylum is basically what it is. Yeah, it's like this is the only place where you could come and watch essentially race cars try to bullfight each other. And it's like, no, I'm not really interested in stupidity. The sad thing is there's 10,000 people there every week. Well, yeah, it's because they're all coming with their sister wives. So I mean, But it's also $10 a head, so... Yeah, well, it's nice and cheap to get in because they actually get people to come, you know? Anyway, so... At the expense of, you know, the integrity of of the... sport but whatever yeah let's i'm just, just an old fart, fart anyway so whatever yeah anyway i think everybody knows that place is the wwe of short track racing yeah but would you Agreed. would you race somewhere that is kind yeah. of a punchline, or would you like to race somewhere that's respectable yeah i'd race somewhere that's just uh, respectable i wouldn't want to be part of the punchline. line I, that means you're part of the joke you know what i mean if you're part of yep. the if you're part of that you, i mean if you go somewhere respectable where people actually I don't know, um, move up somewhere instead of always racing there and actually become something in racing, then maybe I'd rather race there. Like Stafford. <laughs> or Thompson. Or Thompson. That was loud. Apologies was to really headphone loud. users. <laughs> All right, so congratulations, Bowman Gray fans. Uh, you've won our... What's it, third or fourth place in DARF comments of the week? But that's pretty much every week. So moving on. Let's keep the level up here a little bit and say uh, we were paying attention to our old friend in LaRoe photo, Nicola Rose, and she announced uh, that her sponsor raffle for this year is going to be $10,000 to a lucky winner. That's up double from last year. That's, that's second- outstanding. It is outstanding. That's a ton of money for a, a local racer. It's almost like a generational wealth as far as a racer is concerned. Well, for us at least. You know, for for uh, us, it'd be generational wealth. I swear to God, you could pass that money down to our kids. For an SK driver, they could race a quarter of the season. So, moving. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's a lot of dough. Yeah, so... Yeah, that's... Head on, their pre-sale is actually wow. available now, so head on over to Enlaro Photo on Facebook, YouTube. You can find their webpage. I forget what it is, but trust me, you can find it. Pre-order your calendars now. Um, I don't know if there's actually a limit on how many she's going to make, but go get them. Well, 
I think I'll just put one on every wall. That's what I want <laughs> to win ten grand. If it's a wall, yeah, it's absolutely. got a calendar on it. Yeah, right. And that's it. Everyone's getting Christmas presents this year. Yeah, calendars for everyone. Now I actually opened my stupid mouth and said, "On you know." Oh, I do it all every week. Don't you listen to this show? Uh, I said on social media that I would, in fact, convert my car over to a limited late model and race full time at Stafford. If I won this drawing, and anybody who's everybody who listens to this show knows that I am not a fan of that division, so I would literally eat all the crow and go race that division if push came to shove. And I won that raffle, so that would be... And plus, it would be very easy for us to interview the winner, so I'm like this. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, that would be... Uh, it would be interesting to see you running that division, but that division's been gaining traction again. That division's been, become way more entertaining it's, than what it has it, been. It's getting better. Got to give us some credit. It's, it's getting been better. Very entertaining this year. I used to call them concession stocks because I would always go to <laughs> get food. Perfect. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, that's, that's a, a good name. That was a good name. Man, I hope I never race in a division like that. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> hey, I, I got to give it to them this year. That that's been a great division to watch between Rich Hammond and. Uh, Fern and yeah, it, Alexander Fern. There's a and, bunch of yeah. good drivers in there now. Yeah, yeah, they're excellent, excellent. Yeah, and especially because a lot of the rules around here are starting to kind of move their way. Like I was reading yeah. the rule book and uh, looking for differences in my car and what I have in it right now, and there's not a lot. Not I gotta much. be fair. It's like wheels, some shocks, maybe here and there, a body, but the body's legal in our division anyway. Um, I- I bet you could get away with running Stafford shocks because they're a stock body shock, aren't they? Still in uh, those cars? No, it's uh, Pro WB or uh, AFCO 14 series, which is what I have on the front of my car already. Oh, so you you could run Stafford shocks at Thompson without a problem? Yeah, yeah, I think you could. So I don't think there would be a real issue with that. You could do front and rear. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like I said, the differences are very small. So it's like, well. Muffler, I think a muffler difference. I think that I can't find any of the headers that they list in their parts catalog, and I'm like, I don't know where to get these. I found the mufflers, but I can't find the headers. It's like, okay, whatever. I'll have to ask somebody. But I have everything else to convert it over, so it's like, all right, well, this can be a pipe dream when I don't win again. So I don't understand why they wouldn't just run the regular 185 headers. I don't know either. I don't know what the difference is. Uh, to be fair, because I think you can run three-inch exhaust pipes, and you like the one eight fives are a three-inch collector. I mean, I don't know what the right. difference in the headers that they list are, and I can't find the headers that they list. So, whatever, I'll just have to. Someone call probably somebody. has a set. They'll they'll send you a message now. No, nobody nobody messages or emails us, even though I asked them to on this show. No one. All, all forty-three of our listeners this week. Oh, except for one. We have a listener. We have a listener. Yes. Success. Question. Listener question. Right. This one's from our old friend, Tyler Owen, who typed, who he sent us a question before, uh, but he sent us a couple more to talk about this week. So let's get into that. And I have no idea what I just did with my computer because I just moved a whole bunch of icons around and I have no idea what I did, but I'm I, glossing over the fact that I'm a boomer. Okay. Moving on. He sent us this says, hey, I love the podcast, and I have a couple roundtable discussion questions I'd like to... Oh, wait, I just totally added that in there because I had to flip my page over. 
I was hoping you can put into your next podcast. All right, so let's get to this. Hang on. Hang on. I've ruined everything. <laughs> I'm sorry. Damn amateurs. This is going great. It is, isn't it? I'm such a boomer. <laughs> Here, here's my problem is I have my first laptop I've ever owned. I'm almost 40, and I have my first laptop, and I keep forgetting that the mouse is a screen on this, or a little pad on the keyboard, so I keep touching it, and it's like, no, stop doing that, you idiot. You can shut that feature off, you know that, yeah, and I, get a regular mouse. Yeah, I yeah, I know. I Well, if I even use a mouse, I still I forget it. Well, let's move on. Question time. Okay, so he says, I was hoping you could put this in your next podcast. And in all capitals, he says this. This has nothing to do with gender, but who would you put in the Why does everybody want to see my schlong? <laughs> oh, man, I don't think that's the question. Uh, anyway, who would you put in the 01 modified tour car because it has such poor results, but great blue chip equipment, like a cup-style stacker hauler, uh, Fury race cars, Rich, uh, Robert Yates racing spec engines, etc., etc., down the line. Which we all know. We've said this on the podcast many times. He says, I would put Steve Massey or an Eric Burnt slash Mike Christopher Jr. style driver in it. I agree with him on Steve Massey. 100%. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, Kid deserves being, a shot. Yeah, that being Mike Christopher Jr. is in the uh, Baldwin car. Yeah, he's already got opportunities. So, so that, that would be one. Um, uh, Burnt... Uh, I don't think I would put Eric in it. He's a good SK driver, but I would—I don't even know if he's racing this year. I haven't seen his name anywhere. Um, I think he raced at the bowl a couple times, and that was it. I think he might be taking a lot of time off, or I don't know what he's doing, but whatever. But it, Steve Massey would be perfect in that car because you got to yes. think about—you think about what he used to do in his other equipment. Uh, his his other equipment was not crap by any means, but it also wasn't the newest stuff. He had outdated equipment but he could still win a lot of races in it. So if you put him in something like this, oh, man, he would contend. Yeah, I missed that guy. He was a great show. Yeah. Personally, Steve, yeah, I would put, I would put um, since you said Steve Massey and whatnot, I would make it uh, the ride like uh, Ryan Newman's rocking chair when he ends up finally retiring from uh, Cup Series racing. He would be fun he, to watch in one of these. Go, yeah, he can go play oh, in a yeah. modified. That would be a good place for him. What the heck? Yeah, I have a feeling you'll see him in a modified anyway once he retires after this year. Yeah, Labonte did it. So yeah, Bobby's doing it. Yeah, why not? Yeah, give him something to do. I I would call up Zegedy. Todd. Zegedy? Yeah, yeah. Zegedy. I think Todd could still get the job done. I know he hasn't driven in a few years, but well, he, he tried. I think he ran a race last year. Now remember, he used to run the house car on and off for LFR when they first like came out, and he did yep. pretty well. I know he did he well. Did did really well in that car, yeah. And Todd Todd was also always a great driver to watch. Todd's not the super aggressive type that really gets the job done. He's the guy who will put in a solid finish and bring it home in one piece. He can win. He's an Al, he can he's an Al Stone type. Yeah. He'll give you a solid finish, but he won't like put the thing in danger. You know, he's right. not he's not captain aggressive. I can win, but I might wreck. Yeah, he's not he's one of the not that guy. stuff. Yeah. Excellent driver too. Yeah, that's a good another good pick. Former opinion. champion. Uh, he also okay. So, um, Tyler has a second question for us. Ooh, a follow up question. Okay, so it's still along the lines of the mod tour. Uh, he says also, do you think in a long term view that Max McLaughlin, 
should look into an IndyCar career rather than NASCAR Cup career since he can win in Super Mods and he can be competitive in Tour Mods. Uh, just a fun question since Supers and Tour Mods are open wheel and faster than full fendered stuff. That's pretty true around here, at least, mm -hmm. on short tracks. Yeah. Uh, thank you, he says. Well, thank you, Tyler. I appreciate you writing in again. And those are actually, you know, I, I appreciate it because it gives us topics to think about. And uh, to Personally, uh, with Max... I don't know how good he is on a road course. Uh, and IndyCar has really started to make road courses part of their majority of their curriculum and schedule and all sorts of stuff. So uh, they did a lot of oval racing not that long ago, and it really didn't work out for them. So they started migrating back towards road racing, which is where they kind of belong. And right. um, I just don't know what his capability is i'm sure he would do fine i mean um what's that kid from connecticut just that i can't stand uh santino ferrucci yeah that kid uh oh god he seems to be able to drive one so i bet max could do much better oh far better <laughs> so yeah quote unquote drive one yeah give it a shot but i don't know what the ex i think he has way more resources in nascar especially with his dad so that I think that him going into something like IndyCar would take a lot more on the ladder. You know, he'd have to go a lot of different steps, and I don't know exactly if he would have the resources to move in that direction. I think NASCAR yeah. is kind of where he needs to stick around. So, Yeah, I mean, I don't know how old he is. I think he's probably like 22, 23 at this point. He's not too old. He's kind of an old man for NASCAR. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of, he's kind of past the point where he's going to ever make it to the Cup Series. I mean, Priest did, uh, but Priest ended up with kind of a lower tier team. Um, it depends on what he wants to do. I mean, he seems to be having a lot of fun driving the mod the dirt modified stuff and the super mods and all that. So, yeah, I mean, you guys got to take about this like on a it, it get down to earth here. Okay, a guy could drive professionally and not have to work a day in his life you take any opportunity that you can get yeah. i don't care if it's in a sports car i don't care if it's trans am series i don't care if it's in something that's even lesser known uh if whether it be nascar or indycar if you're going to get paid to drive a race car for the rest of your for however long you're going to do it you take whatever opportunity you can get i can agree with you that know? yeah but like i said in order to, for you to really get paid to do it, you got to get there first. So. I mean, if, if if it was like if I had, if I was ever so lucky that you know that the racing gods have shown upon me and I was a really lucky sperm, you know, I would choose NASCAR over IndyCar any day of the week because the money's there. Here's a question I'll ask yeah. you though, Jesse. Yeah, the money if, is if, in NASCAR, you, not IndyCar. If you were handed two opportunities, a Kyle Busch truck ride. Or a Hendrick Cup ride, I mean, uh, not a Hendrick, a Spire Cup ride. What would you take? Who's the Spire? Mon Spire's Spire is not good. No, they're like low twenty fifth to thirtieth, low mid level. Yeah, I but mean, you might make more money running the Cup Series, but you may never win a race. John, well, yeah, but I mean, John Hunter Nemechek has already shown us that to, that what he wanted to do was not just hang around in the cup series or even the Xfinity, but the race, you know, competitively, but he could, he can still get more money on the back end if people buy his t-shirts and whatnot. So that's all well and done there. 
Yeah, but but, you know. but I would still take whatever whatever if it was between IndyCar and NASCAR. Personally, you take anything that comes along. Number one, number two, you take the one with the big old money, and that's NASCAR. NASCAR is always going to pay more than any car race. There's a reason why they call it NASCAR yeah. money. Yeah, always. It's it's not even close. Yeah, I'm sure he would yeah. take. I, he on a short track, he takes every opportunity I mean, he can get as it is. This so. year's Indy 500 paid yeah. not even two million dollars. It paid like 1.75 million dollars. That's nothing. That is nothing. I mean, people ask Richard Childress, hey, why don't you build an Indy car? You got the money. He's like, There's no money in it. There's no money in that. What are you going to do? You're just going to throw away a bunch of money just to win even less. Right. Well, it's like, why did Haas build F1 cars rather than Indy cars when the Indy cars are right right here? There's way more uh, in, yeah, there's way more money in F1 than NASCAR. I mean, F1 is way, oh, that's just. If you're an F1 racer, you could race one season in F1 and make enough money to last the rest of your damn life. I yeah, mean, it's there's, so much money in F1. Yeah, I don't understand. That's that soccer mentality, okay, because I don't understand it. But whatever. F1's a cash cow. It really over, is. Overseas. It really is. I mean, that's the biggest form of motorsports over there. You know what I mean? So that's why. That, it Again, yeah, it's the soccer mentality. Soccer's the biggest sport in a lot of these countries, and that's the same thing. So, yeah. anyway. Why don't we move on? Let's see. We can go to Stafford results because that was on Friday. It and, didn't uh, rain. It didn't rain this time. Well, uh, it did, but oh, it did, but it, it didn't. Well, it didn't rain out. And it's Dylan Kopech's fault it rained because he posted on social media how beautiful it was outside. What a jerk! Yeah, I agree. Good job, Kopech. Never talk about the weather because it could change. <laughs> anyway. It's New England. It is New England. All right, so. Stafford results. Street stocks was a good story. We had Kyle Johnson picking up his first career win. That was awesome. Yeah. Excellent run. Yeah. It's always good to see somebody new to like figure it out. It's not like he started on, yeah. the, on the pole either. He he had to go up a few spots anyway. He had to go pass for the lead and whatnot. Yeah, he had to pick up spots to win. And uh yeah, he, he it's good to see somebody new. Come in, figure out how to win, and now we got a new car in the mix. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to the other two, three guys that are always up front. Yeah, he, and he he's been getting consistently better and better, smoother and smoother, making less mistakes. And I knew it was going to come eventually for him, so it's well deserved. Yeah, good for him. That was great. It's kind of funny how uh, it, the points are so tight between the top two, Frank and and uh, Chris Meyer. It's funny to see that Frank being two spots in front of Chris is is going to be considered a good points night. Yeah, you know, hey, I yeah, got those guys are two so points. Equal. Yeah, two spots in front of somebody is like a good points night. Yeah, that's crazy to me. That's, that's how equal they are. Yeah, I mean, when I when I ran last year at Stafford, um, Kyle, uh, Kyle was the only. Stafford regular to come walking into my pit and shake my hand and say hi. He was the only one. Everyone else sucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was on Twitter talking about <laughs> changing my car over to a limited late model. I got a little bit of an idea of the culture at Stafford from Mike Hopkins. He basically said, if you come, don't race like at, like at Thompson because we take care of our own. And I'm like, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> if I give you a fender, you're going to junk me because I'm an outsider or something? I don't get it. But... um wouldn't surprise me because Stafford people do take care of their own. If anybody shows up who's kind of an outsider, well, 
I've been on the receiving end of it. I saw a bunch of guys who showed up for one race get wrecked. So uh, I showed up second race. I think I went from like what, 12th to 5th or 12th to 4th in five laps and they dumped me. Um, so that was fun. Uh, so, yeah, that's yeah. really similar happened to me the first time I came back there in 2017 with, uh, I think it was Vinny Gambacorda tried to wall me coming off of four because I was passing him on the high side, which, you know, is really hard to do there. Yep. And uh, I just tapped the brakes and sent them. Well, they're I all idiots. take that crap. Yeah, they're all idiots because Tapley's not going to put up with that garbage anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Tap, tap, well, Tapley, so. if you, if someone wrongs you and you take care of it without causing a wreck or being a complete idiot, Tapley kind of usually turns his head, it seems like. Like, he lets things take care of themselves fairly as long as it doesn't get out of hand. Yeah, but it takes it doesn't take a lot to get out of hand. So anyway, Kyle oh. John, Kyle Johnson, congrats. Yep. Uh, we have been watching your progress, uh, and it has been very good. Uh, I I just keep I told him, look, first one is the hardest one, but you can't stop trying stuff. So keep after it. Cause yeah, and there ain't nothing like the first one either. The, the first one's always the hardest, but after that, it gets easy. It gets a lot easier. Just not. It doesn't get easier to win. It just gets easier to deal with it. You know what I mean? Like when you win your first race, you're just like, "Oh, my legs are going numb, and I can't feel the wheel." And you make stupid mistakes, and you know. But the second time, it's like, "Oh, I've been here before." It's easier to win if you get in that position. Yeah, if, to win. It's easier to win when you don't have to think about it because you've already you done don't it panic. Right, you've already done it before. That's why it becomes easier. Yeah. So, uh, all right, so. I'll go into that a little bit later about first wins because I had polled the people and I got a couple responses. But uh, we'll go into that later about people winning their first races and their experiences in the spirit of Kyle Johnson. Uh, but we'll finish up the Stafford results first. Uh, so we had limited late models. Um, we had Alexandra Fern. I think that was like her fourth win of the year. Yeah, uh, and I think her 13th career win in the division. Yeah, so she's creeping up on uh, the overall win lead. I think that's uh, crap. I can't remember if that's Bennett who wins, who won the most in that division or not. I'd have Is to it go Bennett check or Casa Grande. I thought Casa Grande won a bunch in that division too. Yeah, but I thought Bennett had the overall lead at like nineteen or something. I'd have to double check that again. We do yeah, the show. Sure. We do the show off the top of our heads, so just don't. No prep. Yeah, just no prep. We just kind of yeah, whatever write a notes, but it's you yeah. can go look it up at Stafford. Speed if it was the modifieds, it'd be one thing. But yeah. this is a limited late mile, so we'll we'll move on. We'll temper our <laughs> expectations. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we moved on to the late models. Now the late models have been a fun show to watch. I I actually I love watching two divisions, street socks and late models because they race almost the same. Beat bang, don't matter. These everyone full contact. Full contact. They race hard. It's like it's like wrestling match. It's hilarious. Yeah, race car wrestling. Yeah, and this was really no different. It was full contact, but. Uh, Kevin Gambacorda came away with the win. I think that's at least his second or third this year. He's been running the Marchese car, uh, the number five, and they've got that thing going. Uh, I know Tyler Leary's been in the 08 car, and he's really making that thing work too now. So there's cars coming into the mix again. We don't just have two or three guys running away with it. Of course, Adam Gray is just lights out, and then Michael Bennett is right, right with him. So it's nice to see other guys catching up, you know, getting a little more competition. Like I said, it's always good to see somebody new figure it out. Right, it's it's a fun thing to watch. So, uh, keep your eye on that division. All right, so SKs and SK lights. 
they had the Dunleavy Gamblers Challenge. Now, I think it was like a random draw at the end of the race where they would put up a whole bunch of money and whoever finished in whatever position they selected out of a hat, they would win a set amount of money. And for the SKs, they raised about $5,800 for this thing. And for the SK Lights, they pulled up about $3,700 bonus. So, and they uh, ran an SK Light, an extra distance SK Light race, which was the same distance as the uh, SK race. I think they both ran 40 lap races. Yes. So for the SK race, Stephen Kopsick picked up that win, but in a shocking twist of events, uh, Mike Christopher Jr. won the Dunleavy's Gambler Challenge worth $5,800. <laughs> what's his money win total on the year this I kid actually, has been lights out this year with, I did, when it comes to winning money i didn't know the exact number but from what i could calculate it was about 20 grand jesus i think kyle ricky called him big money uh mike which i think is a good nickname i know i i cut i hashtag money mike on twitter yeah. but i didn't see big money mike. kyle ricky's that's a good big name. money that's a good name it's all right. I like that, Kyle Ricky. Like it, it's cool. it's just habitual it at this point. Yeah, just it seems any... everything with money he wins. Yeah. Like I said, there was an extra what hundred bucks for or a couple hundred bucks for yeah. finishing and or uh, leading a lap last week, and he won that. It was only like one or two hundred bucks or something. He still won it. You're gonna start calling this guy appearance fee, Mike. Yeah, right. Jeez. It, this it should have been lottery winner, Mike, because he won it picking out of a hat. He can win anyway. Yeah. You know, he wins every way there possibly is. If there's money, he just wins. Oh, 50-50 raffle. Oops, I won. Oh, pull a number out of a hat. Yeah, still won. Win a race. Win it anyway. It's like, geez, guy. Guy, guy might actually make a profit this year, and that's weird. It's, <laughs> it's cool to see, though. He's a good kid, so he deserves it. It's fun to watch. Oh, it is. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I think I it's agree. funny. It's good. I think it's funny. <laughs> All right, so in the SK Light race was also a Gambler's Challenge race uh, from Dunleavy's truck and trailer. Um, Derek Debus won the race, and I think they had one of the drivers pull the chip, and he ended up winning the $3,700 bonus. So the winner won the bonus in that race. <laughs> he called his own shot. Yeah, basically, but he didn't pull the pins or pull the chip. Somebody else did. So well, um, I think it was whoever ran fourth. Yeah, whoever was in, I forget what position, but... Uh, they he won that. That's a pretty damn big payout for an SK Light race, considering That's they nice. only win like uh, five hundred, three fifty to win a race. I forget. It's not Something like that. It's not a lot to win an SK Light race, and for him to win thirty seven hundred bucks, jeez, that's a big payday right there. I don't even know. It was an extra distance race, so I don't even know what they got paid for that. Oh, I don't even know. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was weird that. Uh, Little George there, he gave up the bottom on that last restart, and just gave it, just kind of gave it away. It's like, oh no, man, don't pick the I, high side on the restart. You're not in a tour mod. Come I was, on, man. I was screaming oh. at my TV. I said, don't take no, the top never give on the, the bottom. restart. Never give up the bottom unless you've got to you make them stab you to give up the bottom. I man. keep telling people on this oh, show, no. if you're on the bottom on a restart, I don't care what racetrack you're at. I don't even care if the top lane is the preferred lane. You control your own destiny. Why? Because if you're leading going into one, because you're supposed to be, if you get the restart, 
because uh, you're the leader. You fire first. You should be leading going into one, and if you don't, then your car sucks. You can, yeah, um, you can always go in harder and lean on them. Yeah, you, know, you, you can push them up the racetrack. As opposed to get pushed up. <laughs> and you can then depict where you want to go. Uh, yep. You're killing me, George. Anyway, it, so. He, he's he's still learning. I know. I know. But again. Go easy on Georgie. The mad pup. I know. But don't take the top I know, on the it restart. Just, it was just like one of those things that just like, oh, come on. No, kid. No. I won't even take it the was, top at Thompson. No, we're, we're it was probably his spotter. Oh, wait. Oh, oh yeah. that's right. They don't have them. Aha. Yeah. Hey. If I was a spotter, I'd be like, don't take the top. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Oh, Meg Fuller got ran the heck oh, over. Oh, God. That looked like it hurt. I feel so bad oh. for her. She's actually I haven't made... heard anything if she's all right or anything. Uh, she hasn't posted anything. So she said she was going to post if it was like any worse, but she's just a little banged up. I mean, I can understand... Uh, the guy in the bottom, I think it was, uh, uh, what was it, uh, the 11 there? It was... Uh, Ryan Sullivan? Yeah, I think it was Sullivan. I forget which one did I it. understand him coming up a little bit and rubbing Nerf bars and whatnot. I understand that. But who the hell was that on the outside of her? I Three forgot. wide on the outside. I forgot. Where are you going, man? Don't ever go there either. I mean... <laughs> Don't take three wide on the outside unless you're at Talladega. Seriously. Uh, and you have help. So yeah, I mean, seriously, that. that is just uh, it, it, that may have been like one of the dumbest things ever. It's just like, yeah, <laughs> and she got like pile drove into the turn one wall, and like someone's nerf or front bumper was in there, like in her door. And good grief, just rough hit. He ain't going nowhere. He's going fucking nowhere. Where you going? Nowhere. <laughs> Love that movie. <laughs> where are you going man oh man that was dumb alright so anyway in the spirit of having a first time winner on uh, it, uh, on the show I was going to have people come on and uh, give us their first win memories and stuff like that and I put it out there to the public and I thought I was doing something awesome I'm like sweet we're going to get really positive stories to touch the heartstrings and you know really fun stuff for me to read and I had like two people answer me, and one's not even really a story. <laughs> we don't have winners on this show, Brent. We are more working class. Uh, That's our audience. Our audience is a bunch the working of class racer. working class losers, just like the rest of us, apparently. <laughs> we do not have Mid-pack winners. hacks. Yeah. <laughs> we do not Mid- have winners. Mid-pack jack. That's us. Okay, so, again, uh, I'll just soldier through this thing. They took the time to send it in. I might as well read them. Maybe we could even give our own just as a quickie little segment. Uh, but in the spirit of Kyle Johnson getting his first win, why don't we share not only our first win stories, but some listen- uh, a listener first win story. This has gone horribly wrong. This is going great. This is awesome. Anyway, so I got one here from a young lad named Jake Christian. He sent his first win story in, and I said, no, Jake, you can't use your, your iRacing wins. This has to be a real win. Uh, but he actually sent me a real win, so I felt like an idiot. Uh, he says his first, he says this, quote, my first win in a mini stock came almost storybook. I fell short the week before, finishing second on a green-white checker restart after leading by a straightaway. Isn't that the worst? Yeah. G-Side knows all about that, which we'll get to that. 
the week I won was not easy, as I had to. De- I had the defending track champion in my rear view as early as 17 to go, and they only ran like 20 laps back then. Uh, I did everything I had to do, and he ran me extremely clean as we crossed the line side by side. It meant more to me to be able to tie in that family legacy that my mother, stepfather, and brother all having won races at the Speed Bowl as one of my own legacies as well. So that's his story. Yeah, winning your first race is incredibly uh, powerful when you're a racer. Um, <laughs> I've said it on this show, and I always get in trouble saying it. I said it, winning my first race was better than uh, getting married and having my first son born. And the only reason I say that is because getting married was kind of a... a Pre, it was almost like a given it was going to happen. I knew it was going to. So it was like, okay, well, that's kind of a, you know, I knew that was coming. And having a child was incredibly frightening. So it wasn't really a joyous occasion because I was scared out of my goddamn mind. Uh, plus, he was in the NICU for like two weeks, so I didn't know what was going on there. So that, again, a little bit stressful. You know what I mean? So it's it's hard to enjoy something that's stressful. But when you work for something like your first win, it, like that for years and years and years for some people... It's incredibly gratifying to finally get it. And, I mean, I think that we've all gone on here before and given our first win stories. So At least once. At least through once. I mean, Jesse got his first win um, because of the Well, cat- I borrowed the transmission from John Brower Jr. because yeah. mine blew up the week before and stuff like that. And so we were kind of friends and whatnot. He let me borrow a transmission. And then I had a 13th place car because my motor was a bag of turds. Oh, yeah. It was... a uh, old motor from gosh and then it, it was it was ten, it was 10 it was almost 10 it was like five to seven years old from an old from a speed bowl anyway so it was like a 10th place car and i ended up working on the high side enough to where i could get the car to third and i'm like a straightaway back behind uh ernie larose who was the class of the field back then and mike cavanaugh was trying to get his first win of the season and Ernie gets underneath Mike Cavanaugh on the last lap and taking the white flag and goes into one and Mike Cavanaugh defends his spot real, real hard, puts Ernie almost in the grass and Ernie's wheel hopping trying to stay off of him and and they get together and they spin out going into turn one and I take the high side and it stays green and then I look behind me and there's this big green Chrysler coming behind oh, me, Lyle Wolfinger Barracuda. is catching me and <laughs> Mr. Wolfinger is catching me and running me down like... Come on, baby, just stick out with it. Just hold together for another half a lap, but then I go into turn three and some back marker loops it right in front of me, and I'm like, oh, for oh God's God, sake. yeah. <laughs> for God's sakes, this friggin' squirrel's gonna get me. And then he stays at the bottom, and I go through the smoke again, and they finally throw the checkers and go in and I pump my fist in the air, screaming, and I can't even talk in the Victory Lane interview because I broke my voice screaming down the whole front straightaway. And, under the lap, and then I go in the, and once the victory lane interview's over, you get your pictures taken, and John Brower Jr. came into victory lane, gave me a big old sweaty kiss on my side of my cheek, and it was really awkward and homophobic, but it was still At funny least to tell. It was just the side of your cheek. <laughs> and thank God it wasn't one on the lips. I would but, hate to know what that tasted but like. But he's funny some bitch. But it was <laughs> it was real cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesse was Jesse was dodging it. explosions and grenades like that scene from 1918, and just <laughs> grenade. 
Uh, Phil, what about you? Just why don't we just go quick through it? We're already doing it for all the people yeah, who I, haven't heard them. My my first win was 2016. It was third race of the season, I think. It was only my seventh start in the car, and like my ninth start overall in a in a full size car. And the week before, or the race before, which was two two three weeks earlier, was the 40 lapper, and I started 26, then drove all the way up to fourth. Uh, fourth or fifth battling with uh, Scott Sundin, and I think you were in third at that time. And we got a late caution, and I, I had to restart and blew the brakes going in, spun around, got clobbered by Jesse, mm-hmm. and uh, ended up having to put a rear clip on the car, and we came back, and the thing See, was... See, that, that hit was just, so hard on my end that I don't even remember it. Uh, well, I got both of you. I broke Brent's back, and I broke your neck. Yeah, it threw my neck out, and I had to race the rest of the race with Jeez. one hand on my helmet, holding my neck yeah, down. I, like, oh, poor I, was, Phil. I went off into turn one, and the pedal went to the floor, and I just went, oh, shit, sorry, Brent. Let me see if I can square him up. But yeah, no, that's what I did. I squared up so I wouldn't junk you. Bang. And I junked myself. But uh, no, we came back the next week. Car was fast, won the heat race. Started on the pole for the feature. I mean, I won't even shy away from that. People give you shit for winning your first race from the pole, but car was fast. Me and Ryan Waterman drove away by almost half a lap. Like, there was nobody in our mirrors. So, Yeah, I think mine came a couple weeks later. Yeah, yours was the next race. It was you and me were battling early in the race, and I just got too loose and decided to try and block for you <laughs> instead. Yeah, I started fourth, and... uh I got to the lead because uh, Tommy Shea and Al Stone went into turn one, and I think Shea drove them basically into the grass. Yep. <laughs> and I just kept my foot in it and drove by them both on the outside and took the lead. And I think, yeah, you and I had to battle a little bit, but I had the momentum, and I just kind of got by. And then uh, once it started stringing out a little bit, yeah, you you were basically holding off Waterman. And uh, by the end, I'm just like, okay, maybe if I make easy laps, they won't catch me. And I just kept counting laps down. I'm like, they're not yeah. catching me. And I looked like, like two to go. I'm like, they're still not catching me. I don't think they were going to catch <laughs> you anyway. But I, me, me and Waterman had a little bit of a heated battle there, bouncing off each other for a couple laps. It was a good time. Yeah, I, I, at the end, I admit I was actually taking it kind of easy because I'm like, well, if I take it easy, I won't screw it up. And they're not catching me. So maybe I'll just take it easy. And it worked out. And won my first race, and I remember Jesse and the old man were standing over by the uh, turn two gate, and they were leaning out of the gate, pumping fists at me and stuff. And I'm like, hell yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. What, what makes me, uh, what makes me, what makes your two guys' um, stories uh, really, really compelling is that is you guys kind of won. It didn't take you guys very long to win once you got into the divisions you were in. I've known guys that we're 20 years in and the, and and still looking for their first one and they and they ended up getting it and yeah. and when a guy like that wins i mean i mean phil kind of won almost like right off the bat which makes it like holy smokes he this guy came to play you know well, he surrounded when, himself with the right people you know yeah, yeah i mean and, and, and i will Brent's give a lot of credit quick, to you know? i'll give a lot of credit to les rose and, and joe brockett for that because we yeah. got ahead of the curve with the crate motor yeah uh, we yeah. me us and josh wood were the two first ones with the crate motor package and that's yeah. that's ultimately i think why we were so fast yeah you had um, good people and you had a lot of talent yeah. that's for sure yeah, yeah. It i remember. definitely wasn't me because i could fuck up a shit nah, sandwich behind the steering wheel watch your profanity 
I mean, I I was I started in the division full time in 2015, and by the midpoint like, of uh, 2016, I'd got a win. Yeah, and then June I think 29th, I, fi- I think it was. What was it? I think it was June 29th. It was something like that. Yeah, I'd I have mean, to look it yeah. up. But uh, and then after I got that win, it was basically like I finished the year out super strong. It was like fourth, third, second, third, or something like that. I was like hovering yeah. around the top three. The rest of the year, I think a couple races later, Jesse was running the twenty-five car, and we finished one-two. Yeah, yeah. You, you, and I battled all year. It, actually, it was all three of us really. We were all in the same ballpark all year long, battling up front. Yeah. And then ultimately, ultimately, the World Series. You and I battling <laughs> for the win. <laughs> that was that a was, lot of fun. That was that. Still, that's like the top to me. The first win was cool. That race was so awesome. I just can't believe, like, looking back at that World Series, that number one, we were that competitive that quickly. But number two, look at the caliber of drivers that were in that race. Oh, yeah. How did they allow us idiots to be leading that race all day? Like, it, we didn't just lead. <laughs> we drove away. You yeah. and I were absolutely the class of the field that night. Like I said, how did they allow us two idiots to lead that and dominate that race what the Frickin hell rookies i don't know what was going on there i mean we had hutch we had uh pulio we had i think we had one or two of the monahans we had uh barnett sunbeam barnett yeah I think we had jesse we had jesus we had so many people that in the are field. all overrated screw them anyway <laughs> me included <laughs> I mean, I, I do like watching back the World Series video because me and Hutchings did not get along at that point in time. We're fine now, but yeah, it's fine. He, it's very clear he was sending it off when he was restarting third on the restart, sending it off into turn one, trying to get to my left rear. I had to get you somehow. All right. Hey, so, I mean, I'm talking. I, I uh, back in the '90s and whatnot, they there was these guys that were that were. You know, in the racing for 20 years and, and never got a win, like yeah. I was saying before. And oh, so yeah. when they got a win, there was there was quite a party. I remember Jimmy Belisle's first win. That was a big, big deal. Oh, yeah. In 99. Uh, Steve Farraka's first win was a lot of fun. That was a big deal. I mean, he was... Uh, it, the car, the cars, the class of the field was. There were so many guys. There was like fifteen Just, guys who could win. You could win. Yeah, there was literally fourteen different winners or whatever at least in yeah. the two in the two thousand season when Haraka won his. He used to have these really long hair down to his down to his shoulders. He looked like a retired hair metal singer that did yeah, state yeah. fairs. Yeah, seriously, he looked like a hair metal carny. Yeah, uh, you know, out of on uh, his first parole. Uh, <laughs> violation working at the state fair don't say that about the speed bowl it's true for most of them yeah which is how they get most of their employees but anyway (laughs) but but he used to be called the wolf man because of it and then he said if i ever want to race man i'd cut my hair and uh a whole bunch of people I think Jack Acolina and whatnot, they, they cut his hair right in the parking lot. Yeah, cut it right and off. That was an event. <laughs> I remember that, yeah, he had his hair cut, beers were flowing. Oh, drinking at the light post. Drinking was at the, the light pole and the, the, the freaking speed wild. He just used to have fun and be able to hang out at a party. I just Can missed I, that uh, like hell. Phil Smith, 2001 Smitty. Oh, Smitty, yeah. The Smithster. He finally got one done in 2001. I ended up fifth that race, but. That some bitch blocked, like he was, I don't know Vince Welfork. Well, he wasn't he a defensive man, 
doesn't oh, matter. Linemen are linemen. You can block or play. What they're the all the same. Yeah, whoever. I don't know. I can't name an NFL lineman. I don't watch football. Football's dumb. You can name defensive one, but not offensive. <laughs> Nobody knows the offensive lineman on a football yeah, team. He, yeah, he was blocking like a bitch. I mean, just turning left on anybody that would come near him. And he, he no one was no one was getting on the inside of the Smitster. Oh, no. They and, you and, had to kill I, him. I was very happy for him. He ended up winning that race. That was another one that was a real celebrated wonderful event can i go into somebody who only has one career win but he never crossed the finish line first oh i know who you're talking about yeah and i feel for him but i don't feel that bad because you got to think of it this way and we're talking of our good buddy jeff van pelt now he races at thompson in the pumpkin orange 13 car nice family yeah um jeff he won the what was it the 2017 world series yes uh i to be fair i probably should have won that race but uh no i should have won that race if they were gonna throw out but honestly to be fair fanning should have won that race well the guy that got thrown out because that carburetor spacer rule was baloney you didn't get any extra horsepower out of it it was that was baloney number one he should have won it number two I i finished third with no front brakes I was third until I spun Monahan out on accident, and then I got put to the back. I was rolling that race, so the, I, you know, yeah, you were fast. I was moving through that field, but yeah, um, I had no brakes sh- and I was coming. Obviously, my fault if I run <laughs> into it. somebody. You know, I should have just given a little more he room. He brake checked you. I'm just coming the off frick, the corner. Who the hell knows? Anyway, he didn't um, want to win, so he was just gonna mess with you. Anyway, um, yeah, but Jeff. Ended up crossing the finish line second because that race was freaking nuts. I think they went to single file restarts because it was so bad. Yeah, that was a um, wild race. But he that was his best career finish to that point, and then they throw Fanning out and award Jeff the win, not only a win, but a World Series win. And, you know, it stinks because he's only, like I said, he's got, he's a guy who does everything himself, and he doesn't have a lot of money in this thing, and he's... Or crew. Or crew, yeah. yeah and I mean, small it's crew. Sm- very small crew. He's he's learning every day. I help him out as much as I can. I mean, I everybody has a small can. crew, but then again, yeah. I'm like, well, why are there no crew members? Number one, we want everybody wants to drive the car. And number two, uh, I just don't like to admit it, but I'm a loser. I don't have any friends. What the hell am I going to do? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> you know? That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. why I don't have a crew. Yeah, I don't so- have good friends that like racing. They all like to drink wine and, and watch have netflix do- and, and have dogs there's apparently yeah, I don't and know. watch romantic comedies and crap and my friends children are, my friends are losers so anyway whatever. um so jeff i mean they got the job done that day he kept his nose clean they had a really good run and he brought the thing home in second and then he gets awarded the win and it's like these it's the guy's only win and it's like he's dumbfounded and speechless but he didn't get to sit in victory lane He's got the trophy, he's got the win, he's got the money, but it's like you got your only win so far, and it's in the biggest race we have. Appreciate it. Damn it, you know. <laughs> to because... be fair about one thing, though, that I vividly remember about that race, he and Fanning at the very end were battling each other really hard. Mm-hmm. Jeff had the car that could have gone up and passed Fanning and won that race if he had moved Fanning out of the way. Yeah, but Scott and... was helping him out a lot back True. then. Right, and I believe karma goes both ways. Mm. You know, he. That's what I mean. I it's mean, it's unfortunate that Fanning got DQ'd over something that stupid. 
Yeah, but... I mean, it was just a transposed number. I mean, the numbers on the Carberry spaces were correct. There's just like there's an S at the end of it or not. There's one of the yeah, S of it yeah. and one not, and it's just we got because hit you, with that at the beginning of the year, but we didn't get thrown out because it was the first race. You don't get you, you don't get any more horsepower out of it. It's yeah. just stupid. Anyway, all right. So there's our first win stories, and uh, why don't we move it into Waterford results because they didn't get rained out either. Hey, fantastic, fantastic. All right, so. Late models. Uh, Jason Palmer won that. Speedbull trucks. I don't have any stories on these. I just I don't think much happened. So, <laughs> speedbull trucks. Our buddy Jim Boyle crossed the finish line first this time, and he won the truck race. He didn't need tech to to tell them that somebody That's else was. Because we're not on him. martial law, we have speedbull law. Right. So Jim's gonna win. And speedbull law own. makes more sense than martial law. And no, Jim <laughs> does not need tech in order to win his own races. He no. can win them obviously because he just yeah. did. So. <laughs> Fair enough, right? He's won a dirt race, and he's won a road course race, and he's won at New Hampshire, <laughs> and New he's Hampshire. won at like Speed Bowl. He's won a bunch of really Jimmy, cool races. What's man. hilarious is Jimmy wins like everywhere. Nobody knows about every him. cool race. <laughs> <laughs> he's so he low key. He's he won. Is. Yeah, Jesse's right. He's won at what was it Devil's Bowl or something? They had a race up there on the dirt. Yep. He's won every cool race. He man. won there. He won New Hampshire Motor Speedway. He's won at like Lee or Hudson or. He's won at all these weirdo different racetracks, and nobody knows about it. He's one of three people to have ever won on the road course at Thompson and the Oval. Yeah. I believe uh, The Nick, main stock driver. Nick. Uh, Chris Beans. I think. Oh, yeah. did he win one, too? I thought he Well, he won the road course. I thought he also had an Oval win. I don't remember. Uh, Sean Monahan has one. Uh, Nick incredibly long greek name i think in the mini stock tour i think his name i don't remember what his name is but uh he's got he i think he was the first jimmy's got one he ran the street stock tour race so there's a really short list of people that he's he's a part of and he's won a ton of just it's very interesting to think about when you look at it i figured i'd bring it up uh so anyway we'll move it on to um mini stocks they had a 30 lap race i was watching it on race monitor which means i wasn't really watching it i was watching uh lap times and uh chris garside was absolutely gone he had like a three or four second lead he was checked out and then a caution came with two to go yeah so he had it completely wrapped up uh and then on that restart he had to battle charlie canfield canfield got him and that stinks so again like jake christian said when he wrote in leading the whole thing late caution get screwed uh, so yeah, that ruined his chance, but Charlie Canfield picked up that win. Uh, SK Lights, we had John Puglio in a different car, but he picked up that win. I heard nothing. I heard maybe there was some controversy, but again, nobody, nobody's posting fun stuff online. Um, we want to see drama. We want stories, you know, we're not going to Yeah, post... the Speed Bowl is drama, so why, where is it? We're not going to post like stupid rumors and stuff, but we want, you know, stories. Uh, but in the street stock race, there kind of was a story. So. Yeah, that's the only one that was anything noteworthy. Yeah, that that's kind of an interesting story, and we can go into that one. Uh, Ryan Waterman picked up that win. I believe he's got like three or four. I forget how many it is. He got know. out front early and stayed yeah, away from the bowl. fourth win of the year. That's the best way to do it. Get the hell Stay out of there. Stay away from the garbage behind you. Yeah, yep. get out of there. Um, Sean Monahan showed up with the old wagon, and uh, he was picking his way through the field like usual. Until he got into a fracas with Jason Chicolis, 
and uh, ended up getting turned into the outside wall on the front stretch and up on two wheels riding the wall all the way into turn one. Didn't turn the car over, uh, but Thank it basically... But yeah, that would have been ugly. He and turn one are not friends. No. Like, he and turn you know, one I'm kind of glad that friends. the concrete wall is there as opposed to the railroad ties because... Rarrow ties, he could have got stuck in there and hit really hard at awkward oh, angle, and then he would have been hurt. And it would have torn well, the car see that, you know. No Even the Armco could have grabbed and flipped him over violently, too. Yeah, yeah. that's also true. He um, had a wreck in 2003 with the lay model. That oh, my God, I thought he I, died. I turned my head after he hit the wall because I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to watch a man die. You know? he, yeah, because he got turned from, like, the apron. And went like left hand side, left front driver side into the yeah. wall. And he he was Hard. going so fast. You know how the the uh, racetrack tapers off at the top, like the banking stops and then it kind of flattens out by flattens the wall. Out, yeah. He left the ground. He was going so damn fast, and he hit the oh. wall like left front first. I was like, oh my god, that was a bad hit. I guess he was all right after that, but um, obviously because well, he's he still lived. racing. So yeah, he lived. He's obviously still <laughs> racing. And then the SK, he went in head-on over there at 1.2, and it just ripped the front end of his car off. And it's like, Jesus, he's not friends with Turn I 1. I have some in-car audio of the uh, of the most recent wreck. Okay. Uh, Goofy never fails. He just doesn't. Um, but anyway, I was watching. He, he had an in-car camera. Somebody stuck an in-car camera, which is kind of rare for Sean. Uh, but honestly, I'm watching this in-car, and I'm like, man... I don't really see anything that really necessitated his car getting wrecked, like no, at all. Not at all. You know, Chipola's just flipped a switch. Yeah, I mean, I could again. I, I'm of the the mindset where you, um, if you're, if you get bumped out of the way a little bit or, or just kind of tagged a little bit, that does not necessitate destroying a car. I obviously there can be other circumstances where somebody does it week after week after week after week to you and is a complete idiot. And, like, you're just completely sick of it after dealing with it for a long period of time. You just snap. I get it. But, like, one race, the guy, the guy, I didn't even see him really get moved. I saw him kind of slide up. Sean kind of stuck his nose in there, short track race, and maybe made a little contact. But I didn't see him yeah. boot the guy. No, it, it looked like Chicola's bobbled a little bit. Sean maybe got into the left rear of his bumper a little bit and got by him. Like, he, he fired for the gap, which is exactly what I would have done. It's um, street stock racing. Yeah, he went for it, and I don't give him any bullshit for it. I mean, no, I um, just don't know if there was if his reputation or whatever proceeded into the I decision that Cole has made. I guarantee which is, it, which is still wrong. I guarantee it other, did. But, you know, yeah, I guarantee it did. But it's one thing about having a reputation. That's the problem. Uh, w- yeah. If you've spent a lot of years and you've built up a reputation, whether you tried to or not you still have it and i know that you're going to be judged by it whether or not you're still doing it and that's that's a big that's why i try to not you know slam my way through if i can because i just don't want to i don't want to build a reputation and i know that well, yeah i don't get the job done but i i can at least not if i get into somebody their first thought won't be that i just pushed them out of the way you know what i mean and we could we could also be fair and say that I, I watched that video from lap one all the way to the incident, and as Sean caught uh, Chikolis, he got his nose under him a couple times. Chikolis would just brake check him or chop his nose off. Like so he's not Ch- there. 
I yeah, have like, to put like, mind just that... like he was not there. Sean did absolutely nothing wrong. Like yeah. he was street it... stock racing. Sometimes you make little contact, whatever. It happened, but especially as, at the as, speed. Yeah, as soon as Chocolas chopped his nose off, there was heavy body contact. Oh, and, big contact! Me, and then to you me, gotta... that's fair. Yeah, you got to also keep in mind that no matter what, if you're going to be next to the seven car, the seven car is always going to make contact with you because he's got magnets in the doors. Big one. So now I understand why Joey Coates did what he did. <laughs> uh, what, moon everybody? or No. Oh, not that? <laughs> All right. Um, well, just a little bit before that. <laughs> that was the funniest moment I've ever seen in my life. That was by amazing. That was great. That um, was my first night back at Thompson in probably 15 years. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, I guess he just didn't appreciate any hard racing or bumper contact with you. Yeah, if you race against Jason, that's just always kind of the case. And I know Dougie got a little piece of that earlier this year too. So yeah, um, yeah, I just didn't. I didn't agree with it. That's just not not necessary. You know, I know Nick Hovey was involved in that too. He was trying to be safe on the bottom. Yeah, he just kind of turned down and took a took the hole and ended up getting turned into him. So it's like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. just that sucks. Yeah, that that got really big really quick. And of course, Jason gets out of it scot free. I think they put him to the back, but where's the back there? You know, eighth at that point, probably because they you wrecked can pass, out a lot of cars. It sounded like you could pass a lot of those guys in the back on one lap. I mean, it's there's two separate tiers of racing there. So, all right, I think we'll move it on here and try to get this thing wrapped up so all right so there's a couple or there's at least one interesting thing we have to talk about at seaconk so it is did we get to the sks they didn't race sks oh that's right yeah they didn't run sks because of communism right boom anyway uh seaconk results now we have the interesting one to start street us uh, i don't know what the hell st is sport truck that's right it's like speedball truck or sport truck or seaconk truck i can't remember what the hell it is it's sport truck um Radical Rick Martin picked up his 99th career win. He is inching closer to that 100-win barrier, and I can't wait till he gets it. It's going to be really cool to see him win That's that 100th cool. race. Yeah. I'd love to go through the books and see if he is the all-time winning driver. Is he the all-time winning driver I there? think he might be. He must be close. It's it's either going to be him or Vinny Anarumo. Vinny? Oh. Vinny had a lot of wins there. I don't know how many, but I know he's... Got a lot. I think Darling is still probably somewhere in the 40s or 50s. Got hmm. to check with uh, uh, Nick Tito. Or, yeah, Nick uh, Tito would know. I wonder if Kevin Boucher would have it. I don't know. I'm if probably could... way off on my estimates. I'm sure we both are. Uh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. I figured 100 wins at a single track will put you pretty high up. I mean, yeah. look at Teddy. Look at uh, Keith Rocco. Look at uh, Phil, guys, Rondo, Phil Rondo. Bob Potter. Yeah. I mean, these guys have 100 wins at one track, and they're pretty much at the top, so I figured Seacons would be no different, you know? Yeah. Okay, so Vinny Aragondo won the late model race. When he said Vinny Anarumo, that really threw me off. I'm like, uh, uh, no, wait, different guy. They're all Italian to me. <laughs> it is near Providence. I mean, what do you want? Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't say anything too loud, or they'll blow my house up. Um, yeah, you're not far away. <laughs> that touchable. Uh, all right, so sportsmen. All right, they ran a Conti. They had almost thirty cars in the sportsmen, which, by the way, they have a crate motor rule there, so I don't think they're really struggling for car counts. <laughs> okay, but they ran. Uh, geez, I think they ran started like twenty four or twenty six. I can't remember. Some people went home. Like they ran a lot of cars, and former champion Steve Axon went to victory lane in that race. Uh, 
Uh, Pro Stocks, Dave Darling won. <laughs> Shocker. Shocker. What's he won? Every race this year except for one or two. I think Rick got one, and uh, I think maybe one more. So, you got a top-tier driver and top-tier equipment. It's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, somebody who knows their way around. It's really hard yeah. to beat that. You know what I'm I'm still shocked about with Seatonk is no one can get that high side working again like it was when I was a kid. Yeah, it's the track's just wearing out probably. I mean, it's it, it, it almost looks like the banking is flatter at the bottom, but because it's the shorter way around it wins out. It yeah. I mean, again, you're in the northeast, you got snow, you've got frost heaves, you got rain, you got all sorts of weather. It depends on aging. Weathering, yeah. aging. Yeah, so geology. It's, I would love to see them spray the outside there and see what kind of show they could put on with two grooves. Like a full lane, though. A full lane out. See what they can yeah, do. Yeah, like, like they do at New Hampshire where they, they miss skip the middle lane and go top to the and top bottom. side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do, like, the apron and then the, the very, like, second lane. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be cool with it. Yeah, that's up to them, though. I think it's I think they, they probably have a better package right now when you got just one lane and it's on the bottom and you make it physical and you can make a... Uh, uh, you know, short track Saturday night show. Seekonk's one of those rare bull rings where you can get physical with the cars and it doesn't cause 9,000 cautions. Oh, well, yeah. It's such a wide racetrack. It's like 75 feet wide. You know, oh, yeah. so it's anyway. So we'll finish out with uh, talking about the tri track race at Star Speed. I think it was Star Speedway. It was the SBM or something like that race. Yeah, uh, the SBMX. Yeah, something like that. And uh, Money Matt Hirschman won that race and uh i took to twitter and facebook and read all the comments of people uh mumbling about lineups and qualifying and all sorts of things being rigged into matt's favor uh i don't really know what to make of that but other than the fact that it's probably ridiculous (laughs) there's always a conspiracy if you're the one running second or third or fourth or whatever and not Pete, get, up, get in the garage and work on your car. Well, here's the thing. It's like Matt runs these big dollar races more than the tour, and they're bringing up his tour statistics, and it's like, oh, look at his win versus races run percentage here, and then look at the wins versus races run percentage on the Tri-Track series. It's like he's won 13 of 30 races or something like that. And it's like, well, yeah, he doesn't run full-time on the tour. He just picks and chooses. It's not... You know, it's, oh, well, there's more competition at the tour. He does really good at the tour races, though. Yeah. Like, look at look at his, you know, finishes lately. He does really well on the tour. He just doesn't race all of them. You know, so calm down. Okay. We have statistics. Good for you. They're still not true. Just because you have statistics doesn't mean they're the truth. It's like the same people that say that uh, Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback statistically than Tom Brady. Okay. Or Dan Marino. Count his seven rings and see if he's got them. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. <laughs> I'd still pl- I'd still have him in New England. Anyway. All right, so there's no F1 race this week, so Jesse doesn't have to die. Yep, no NASCAR races either. Nope, no NASCAR races. Everybody took two weeks off for the Woke Olympics. Yeah, the, the Olympics. Olympics. <laughs> yeah, everyone took time <laughs> off for the Olympics that nobody's watching. Yeah, I don't care. That's... What about Sage Karam from the IndyCar series coming to race Xfinity at uh, Indianapolis? What do you I, think of that? I select him. Yep, that's all I got to say. Don't, <laughs> I don't really care. Good luck. Welcome I hope you to do well. stock cars. Don't yeah. bin it in turn one. Good don't luck. Suck. Hope you did better than Sam Hornish Jr. So, hit what hit the, uh, yeah, oh, do better than Sam. That's rough. <laughs> Sam sucked. Dario Franchitti was awesome. 
he did like Sam he did Hornish, okay, but he got Gunzelman, I think. Sam Hornish <laughs> is like the only guy who can win the Indy 500 and then stink and everything else. It's like why? Well, a lot Timing? of Indy car drivers struggle with stock cars because yeah, that's true. Stock cars typically I mean, on the ovals they have a heavy car on a narrow tire and they go a long way around the curve. And it as was probably the Indy car which goes. I short way around the curve. I bet you it was timing too, where yeah. when he came into the sport, he'd probably be like better now or earlier. But when he came in, it was super competitive, and he just could yes. not compete. Yeah. Well, he was also in that Jasper car, wasn't he? Mm. At times, yeah, and he did a. I think he did pretty well in Xfinity. I don't remember, but he did a he lot. Won a couple of races, I think, in Xfinity. At he least. did far better in Xfinity than he did in Cup. He flopped out of Cup. You know who who was the biggest disappointment to me out of all the, the con- converts or converts, whatever you want to call them, was uh, Montoya. Yes and no. no. Again, he came there's, in. There's a driver named Danica Patrick uh, that she you may... Yeah, but she wasn't the big deal to begin with like Montoya was. I mean, Montoya, Montoya won an Indy. He won in Formula He won the one, Monaco Grand Prix. He won NASCAR races. He so. won the Indy 500. He, he, won, he won NASCAR races. He, yeah, he did, but he didn't yeah, but win he like struggled. he could have. He drove for Chip Ganassi. Freaking Kyle Larson struggled at Ganassi. That is fair. <laughs> you know? That is fair. Let's give him I'm that. I'm sorry. If he ran for Hendrick or Penske, he if probably If he ran for Hendrick off. or Penske, that's different. Yeah, that's but fair. He, he but he also didn't have ran... the equipment that Danica had. He also ran he with Ganassi sucked. around the same time that uh, Jamie McMurray was doing well in that equipment. That's... Jamie McMurray would do well once or twice in a race, and it was a plate race. Well, that's because Jamie McMurray, I love the guy, is not the greatest talent in a stock car. No. He's still... No. You know, it's funny. Ganassi's never been good in a stock car. Jamie McMurray didn't win a lot of races, but when he did, he won big races. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. He won the big ones. For what Kurt big Busch races. has done in a Ganassi car, and they were the always talent of what a Kurt Busch wins. does. Yeah. Yeah, Kurt Busch in the Ganassi car has been a lot better, though, lately. Yeah, yeah because he's a talented mofo. Yeah. Gotta give him credit. All right, so anybody got anything else? The floor is yours. Nope. Nothing? No? Well, I think they should, yeah, they should put something on the schedule. I don't know. I hope they get... The Olympics suck. <laughs> they you should know. put... They ruined everything. All the leftists ruined it. It's so bad now. I think they poisoned it on purpose. <laughs> we can't have anything nice. Because it's like, no nations, no borders. Now, okay, blah, blah, blah. We should be ashamed of nationalism. We should... <laughs> We should then that way if we have no nations, no borders, then we can import a slave race that will work for less and do more work and blah 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 blah. And now I'm going on a rant and I don't really care because it's eight thirty and Sunday on a Monday. Monday night. Yeah, it's Monday. I don't now. even care. And you all ruined everything, so we we could mention real quick uh, Bubba Pollard going from hero to zero this weekend at uh, five flags. Oh yes, Brand- no. then right back right. to zero because I think he wrecked the second night. Yeah, brand new Port City car came out first time in the car, wins the race, turns around, comes out the next night. Something either broke or got a flat right front and just front clipped it. Yep. That stinks. Oh, that really hurts on a brand new car. Don't you hate that? Yeah, because yeah. now brand it ain't new, brand new no more. Car now, out you, there. now you don't know where it's bent. Yeah. And you got to start at square one again. Mm-hmm. Oh, nothing ticks you off more than that. The guys at Port City will get it figured out. They got they got something good going on there right now. So yeah. I'm sure you can find people for that. Did Port City buy out Crazy Horse? Yes, I believe they did. Yes, that's good. 
Well, at least I think I think Mitch and Judy are still working for Port City Crazy Horse, whatever it's turned into up there. But oh, uh, they are. Yeah, I think they still run the building. They just uh, they're a Port City dealer now, and they do all the jigs and chassis and stuff. Yeah, I think so. I think that's how it works. All right, so I am done. Uh, I think everybody else is done. Why don't we wrap this thing up? Because we always go way over, and I think we're at like an hour and 25 minutes or something. So let's just motor this thing on. You can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. Go subscribe and rate over on your favorite one. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, at Making Laps Podcast. Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. You can find us on YouTube.com slash Sid's View. And you can find me on Instagram at BrinkLeeson01 and Twitter at the same handle. Again, please don't find me on Facebook because, again, I just use that for people I know, and I I think that's fair. You don't find Uh, me, I'll find you. You can find Phil at... Uh, You can find me at P-J-A-C-Q-U-E-S Racing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, I'll be racing this weekend, so you can follow along all weekend. And Producer Junior's entered the office, as you can tell. Uh, Jesse doesn't want to be found. I find you. You don't find me. All right. So, Raji, how do we end this podcast? I would do a song. Nope, nope, nope. You're going to do what I ask. (laughs) Keep the dirt down and stay on the bubble shooter fence. I have no idea what that was, but thank you all for listening. (laughs) No no music, huh? I don't got nothing. Oh, that's right. He didn't die tonight. That's better.